Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The Big Ten has not announced they're coming back, but somebody with a mic on has. Not just me, either. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How D, how do? Great to be with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a spectacular day. Appreciate you spending some of it with us on your radios, on your televisions across the state of Montana and around the world on the WWW. That's what it stands for, world, people. Uh, 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You listen live. You're on the stream. It is tuned into this station all the time, including this show from 4 to 6 Mountain Standard Time every weekday afternoon. You're listening live on the stream. What's up? Appreciate you being there. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to pick up your phone and call 361-3688. 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. If you want to send us a text, you can do that as well. 361-3688, area code hello, 406, no doy. Uh, we got a plenty to get to today. Uh, first of all, uh, we uh, are going to sit here and assume that the Big Ten is returning to football, although it has not been made official. Uh, there have been some uh, leaks and some accidental say-sos on some microphones that we're on that make us assume that the Big Ten is coming back. Uh, and I wonder, after the door has been shut, if the door might creak back open for the Big Sky Conference. Is it okay for me to speculate a little bit on this? We'll talk about that a little bit in particular using uh, – I'm not going to put this on him. This is on to tell. Okay, but Jeff Choate did have an open uh, press conference today, and we will bring you some sound from that press conference and uh, some some of his thoughts about where we're at in general in football, where Montana State is at right now with what what it is that they're up to, and uh, and just a, sort of a general uh, uh, you know state of the union update on September the fifteenth for MSU football. So we'll hear from Jeff Choate here in this first segment, and then later on in the show as well. We will get to Coulter's five stars from the uh, high school weekend. We normally 
normally do that on Monday. We were jammed up yesterday with the first full weekend of NFL football and everything going on. So uh, we will get to uh, that today, talk about that a little bit, and also take a look at what's going on in the high school soccer world. Here's maybe not that surprising of news. For everything that's different in 2020, the Hellgate boys soccer team ain't different six and oh and rolling so we'll get to that a little bit as well uh top of the hour we'll hear more from jeff choate and also huge night in the association tonight we open the eastern conference finals game one heat celtics we will have that game for you here on espn radio we will join that game in progress uh from this very show coming up at uh, six o'clock and also it is Game 7, hello, of the Western Conference semis between the Clips and the Nuggets. All of a sudden, a team that was, you know, penciled in to be in the Western Conference Finals, still the favorite, certainly, to win this game tonight. But after being up 3-1, feeling some pressure, you got to think the Clippers are feeling a little bit of pressure over there in the bubble right now with the Denver Nuggets uh, looking at uh, 48 minutes from being in the Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. So we'll get into uh, all of that and also the night that was Monday Night Football if you are Steven Gostkowski, what are you thinking on Monday? What are you? What is your emotion on Monday and why he is the perfect reason not to pipe in sound? Okay, so there you go. That is our show for the day. Great to be with you. Coulter, I know you got uh, the book open, the Sports Illustrated College Football book. I don't know what page you have turned us to for our book session here off the top of the show. What do we got? This is uh, this actually goes out to our Big Ten insider. Okay, College Football Book is a Sports Illustrated periodical that's uh, a collection of all the greatest. It's the entire 20th century of college football, all decade teams, teams of the decade. All right, as well as great snippets from great features. The one I have chosen is a picture and feature on Woody Hayes, the longtime Ohio State football coach, widely considered one of the greatest football coaches in the history of the sport. Honestly, not just college football. Uh, an innovator, a throwback, an old-school guy, and that's all to say that the calamity that has been the decision-making in the Big Ten, again, you and I are on the same page on this. Debating the whys of what these decisions are is different than debating the actual decisions themselves. You can sit here and debate the validity or lack thereof of COVID-19, the reaction to it, the mitigation of it, Everything we've been going through as a country for the last six months, everything we've been going through as a world for the last six or seven months. But I think that almost everyone would agree what's gone down in the Big Ten has been an embarrassment, not because of what they decided, but their lack of continuity, all the leaks, what we're about to talk about right now. I mean, this was basically leaked by incompetence. And incompetence is what these presidents have shown throughout the last six or seven months. And I get, I'm not here to argue whether the Big Ten should have canceled or not, but the fact that they did, and now are reverting back to it, and there's all these lawsuits that are involved in it. It's just been an embarrassment for the schools that are involved. Now, I'm not going to sit here and get into the lawsuits and the legal stuff. I don't know about it. Here's what I'm going to say. You got one rogue institution that just doesn't care. You mean in the Big Ten? In the Big Ten. Well, you got three that are pushing the envelope pretty hard. But Ohio State is leading the way. There's no question. No, no, no. No. Not in the... Not in the in the overt, we don't care what you do. We're going to do our thing. It is Nebraska. Nebraska. Yes, it is. They yeah. are, from the very beginning, I mean, they said, when you have to preface a statement with, we like being in the Big Ten, you know what's coming, right? That we are ready to leave the Big Ten if it is necessary so that we can play football. We do not care what the conference is doing. We are not sitting here and falling in line. And where does the leak quote-unquote leak or whatever you want to call it come from today nebraska again so you know they are uh they are doing everything in their power and not within sort of the structure or the normal processes of what it is to be a conference affiliate and i gotta think that the big 10 commissioner's office is not all too thrilled with the corn huskers at this time and you know what i think bill moose could give a rip and the rest of the entire Cornhusker nation they're out there in the breath this is the thing this is one thing I love about rural America okay? okay is that they you know we we're here in Montana and one of the things you know that we talk about about you know being in a Montanan one of the what I would say sort of identity features of Mont is the independence of the people right that that we sit here and we go you know maybe that works for you somewhere but this is how we're going to do it Okay? And you know why we're going to do it this way? Because nobody's coming here to say otherwise. 
You know, you know, nobody's coming to tell us otherwise. And that's, you know, of course you're living in a society, in a country, in a world, and there's there's context to that. But but there is largely a if you make a rule, but you can't or won't enforce the rule, then it ain't a rule. You know, for the for for the state of Montana, it's from a mentality standpoint. Well, guess what? This is how I think Nebraska feels about the Big Ten. You want to be there in Detroit. You want to be there. You know, in 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 Pennsylvania with your millions and millions of people. Even in Madison, Wisconsin, whatever. We are the Cornhuskers. Okay, you know what a Cornhusker is? I don't. I mean, you know, this out here. This we're in the field. We're gonna do what we want, and we don't really care what it is that you think it is that you want to do. We care about our people, our state, our school, and football. And so, you know, and this again, this is not to say that they've chosen the right way to go about it. I'm not sure that they necessarily have, but I must say that I admire the, the sort of, yeah, well, maybe you'll do that, but we're still just going to do what we want to do. And it does, uh, I think, sort of open the... The reality is that being a part of a conference is a choice that is, you know, nobody's holding anybody hostage here. Schools can and do change conferences all the time, go from being in one to another to an independent or whatever. And it is up to the institution. The only reason a conference exists is because they have buy-in from the members. But if a member goes, "Mm, no, then, you know, that's where you're at. And it certainly upsets the apple cart, but there is a level of at least sort of funny glee that I take out of what I perceive to be the approach of, of, of Nebraska in all of this. When we first started talking about all this in March and April, uh, I, I kept trying to press the narrative that this is going to cause a cataclysmic fracturing throughout Division One college athletics. And I know that you were trying to dig in and, and play devil's advocate with me for a while, but here's the thing. What, what, what this Nebraska situation, what you just described, shows is how autonomous football programs can be. The University of Nebraska's athletic department backtracked on pressing really hard to leave the Big Ten. Yep. Shortly after they were pressing so hard, because of all of the other sports besides football, right? You need to be in a conference for basketball. You need to be in a conference for literally every sport because the conference championships and the tournaments that the NCAA sponsors, that's the whole point. You can, if you, especially if you are a money-making powerhouse machine program like Nebraska, you can play an independent schedule. No question. People, young college football fans, people that are younger than you, people that were born pre-1980, they remember. People that were born post-1980, they don't remember that most programs used to be independent. Right? How did Pitt fall from grace? Because they made the ju- the choice to join the Big East, which was a great basketball decision, and it's watered down their football. When Pitt was an independent, they played Notre Dame every year. They played Penn State every year, and they still play Penn State. Well, they're in the ACC not- now for, for sure, football. Sure, sure, but, but you know what I'm but saying. When they moved. When yeah, they I were, get when, you. When, I mean, Pitt was independent. Miami was independent. Notre Dame was independent. Penn State was independent. I mean, these schools, and then the conferences, the ones that did have conferences, those conferences were largely different as well, and not so, I don't want to say diluted, but overrun with membership. I mean, the Big Ten has 14 teams. All I'm saying is this is, to me, the Nebraska, the way Nebraska's handled the situation is an example of what, how you can need a conference in all the ways that you need them and not need them in football and have those be two different things. And what I think is happening now is we're moving towards two fractures. One, the fracturing of the Power Five in the FBS from everybody else. I think, by and large, for small school football, that's a good thing as long as money games still exist. If money games don't still exist, it will be detrimental to the group of five and the FCS. So the other fracture I think that we're moving towards is a fracturing of the Power Five in general, and I just wonder if this is going to trickle into basketball, but I think more aptly and more uh, quickly it will affect football. I think football, a lot of different powers, if they can't break away from a conference standpoint, are going to explore exactly what Nebraska had been pushing for, but we'll see. Uh, give your thoughts here, but then I also want to ask you just what do you think of just the overall landscape of the fact that the Big Ten – Followed suit and then reversed course. Well, first of all, we we sat here 
sort of sketched all this, but we didn't say, you know, we didn't give the specifics of what actually happened. But it was University of Nebraska President Ted Carter who was on a microphone, on a hot mic before a press conference. You know, when you go to the press conferences before the thing starts, the mics are on still. And right. so they can have conversations and stuff like that. And you can pick up stuff when it's said. From a pure legality standpoint, yeah. I would love to know if that's actually legal to take something that's on a hot mic and attribute it directly. Every part of this quote from President Carter is attributed to him from the source. I just want to know the legality of that because, like in the state of Montana, you have to let people know that you're recording the conversation, period. There was yeah, a video posted. Yeah, that's a good question. But he said, this is the president. He's speaking to you know a member uh, of the media, I guess. We're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight. The response was, oh, really? I heard that was happening. There's a lot of anticipation about that. Good for you. Uh, and uh, so anyway, th- this is this is what you know he said on the microphone. I mean, look, whether he's you know, you're at a press conference in front of a microphone. okay? now, whether the press conference has, in fact, started, it ain't exactly, you know, a dark, you know, phoneless room that you're in at this point for whatever it's worth. So this is this is where this comes from comes from. You got to assume that the the president of the university system, the University of Nebraska system is aware of what is happening you know, as he's having this conversation with, you know, whoever it is that he's talking to. And by the way, he is talking to somebody. We're going to get to Jeff Choate, Montessa head coach, Jeff Choate, two tell yeah. one two ninety ESPN Missoula. But here's, here's my gripe with this. I, I thought that I, I was always so adamant about the word cancellation being incorrect. Postponement delay. I think that's what they should have tried to push all of the decisions across college athletics as because now you have a scenario where I think as of this weekend, there have been something like 1,300 high school football games played across the United States of America. There's been no real reports of any sort of COVID-19 outbreak stemming directly from high school football games. I think that it's been largely handled in a very safe way. The kids, I mean, if I was at a high school football game on Friday, there's some kids, you know, slapping hands after a first down conversion or something, but on the sidelines, it's not this congregation of kids swarming each other. The stands you know, are by and large spaced out. The social distancing seems to be going well. Kids are wearing masks on the sidelines. Fans are wearing masks in the stands. I, I can't speak for every state, but that's just in, you know, the Bitterroot Valley in, here in Montana. But what I'm getting at is the more football and the more sports that is played, Week after week after week, without any sort of disastrous repercussions, I think will make the leagues that decided to to delay until the spring and or call off the fall season filled with regret. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I uh, I, I what are you so so right now? The Big Twelve's rolling, the SEC's rolling, the ACC's rolling. Those are decisions that were made months ago. The Big Ten by all accounts, it seems, is coming back. What are you thinking if you're the Pac-12? Well, the Pac-12 is the one conference where student-athletes got together and asked for money. Yep. So make of that what you will. I'm not... I am I am leading the horse to water to some extent. I'm merely stating facts as they're there to be stated and... You know, you can decide what you want to decide about it. But that is a reality. Uh, I don't know what the Pac-12 is thinking. I think the Pac-12 is somewhat disconnected. In a, Like, the Pac-12 as the Power Fives is the outlier conference. It's the geographic outlier. It is the institutional outlier. It is... It is it's, as, it's as simple as this. All these decisions are being made by presidents. Okay. Yeah. I think the Pac-12's presidents, more than any other of the Power Five conferences, value the reputation of the institution over the reputation of the football team. I think that the alumni base and the fan bases in the Big Ten value the football team much more than the institution, but the presidents don't want it to be like that. That's one of the main reasons why I think the presidents canceled. The, in this scenario. The, the, and then you have the SEC and the Big 12 and all those presidents. You want to know what they think? The guy that is the president of the University of Texas knows that football is bigger than any other thing at Texas. The guy who's the president of the University of Alabama 
football is king, and he doesn't care who knows about it. And so that's the dichotomy when you're analyzing this. It is. And the other thing, too, is the I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have the sheet in front of me or that I've memorized all this, but I'll, I will just I – I will – this – this to me is just intuitively true. You look at the the schools broadly that are part of the Pac-12. Yep. Where does their money come from institution wide? Research. It, from well, it comes from a lot of places. A lot of but places. I guess my point is not the percent that football makes up of what they have for money ain't ain't a drop compared to what it is at Alabama, man. Like Alabama football for the University of Alabama is huge. It's critical to the whole institution. At, at Stanford? Uh, <gasps> no. Like and, and this, and this is, they do not care. This is the moral and ethical dilemma that people that love college football or people that think about this on a deeper level like we do face. Because on one hand, I think it's a tremendous thing for the communities of these towns and just for humanity in general to have something that where people can be so passionate like Alabama football. Yeah. On one hand, it is an incredibly positive thing. On the other hand, it's an exploitative money-making machine. And if you're thinking with your intellectual mind, not your sports guy mind, you would say, well, I respect what Stanford's doing a hell of a lot more than I respect what Ab- Michigan's doing. Right. right. And that's the dichotomy of the situation, though, right? Because there are some people that are screaming, give me football. Yeah. But then there's they're also saying keep me safe but then there's people and that's why i think the pac-12 is going to stay out because you look at the locations of the schools you you talk about these fires the the pandemic everything how what the logistical elements of putting a game on at husky stadium or the coliseum in la or at cal berkeley forget about it it's completely and utterly a different world than it is in Tuscaloosa, yeah, Alabama absolutely. right now. Yeah, so I think yeah. that that's the reason why the Pac-12 will stay out. Let's hear, so as we said, Jeff Choate, Montana State uh, head football coach, uh, had a press conference today. And one thing that I think you and I would agree on uh, about Coach Choate is he's he is a very thoughtful guy and I think very... Um, he, first of all, he he doesn't hold back, right? He he gives you kind of what's what's on his mind, but he's thought about this stuff and kind of thought it through. So uh, I asked him. He in the next couple of days, mm-hmm. the football you know subcommittee is supposed to give a recommendation about the future of of football at the FCS level. So I asked him about that, and I think his answer to this gets into everything we're talking about and is really pertinent. So I want to play this for everybody so they can kind of hear what he's got to say because I think there's some really good stuff. It's also important to remind people where Jeff Choate has been. He started his career as a high school coach in Idaho, but then he was at schools under pretty prominent head coaches, namely Chris Peterson, in some of the biggest conferences in the country, particularly the two biggest out west. Started his career at Utah State, also had a long stint, successful stint at Boise State, stops at Washington State, and then Washington. Chris Peterson's retired. We haven't talked about that hardly at all because there's been no Huskies games to evaluate in the post-Chris Peterson era. Jeff Choate and Chris Peterson are close. They talk a lot. So I guarantee you Choate's getting insights from Peterson and has a good gauge of the Pac-12 environment, but then also because of his other connections, the Mountain West environment as well. I think what he says here is interesting. So uh, it's worth listening to. Also, there's a tagged question here at the end about just smoke and what that means. And, uh, well... If you're into the rivalry, you know, it's just an opportunity to take some shots, and it's always fun. So here you go, Jeff Choe from her today. Hey, Coach, uh, you had mentioned the Oversight Committee maybe coming out with a recommendation over the next couple of days. I'm just curious for for you, if you were if you were the one making the call, what would you hope that they recommend or what would you recommend that they make? I would hope that they would say, go ahead and start playing. That's what I would hope. But I don't know if that's on the table. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I think they're doing what they need to do. I, here's my problem, quite honestly, is that we started school on August 17th, right? It's September 15th right now. So we've been at this for the better part of a month. When they turn the faucet on, it can't be done until the 21st. So we've kind of been in limbo a little bit, uh, waiting for them to tell us whether we can actually get into a practice model, put pads on, etc., or whether we're going to you know, dive into the weight room. And so really that's, you know, I, I think the best case scenario for us right now is that they let us do something. Because North Coast State was smart. They scheduled, they kept one game on their schedule so that they could stay in 20-hour week until that game is played. That's a tremendous, I, I mean, competitive advantage for anybody that's playing right now that actually gets to put pads on and go play football. We haven't done that since last December. And so, that, yeah, I mean, that's the problem with this whole mess, right? 
everybody's playing on a different set of rules. And so whether you're in a 20 hour week, a 12 hour week, whether you can wear a helmet and spider pads or whether you can go full pads, whether you're playing an actual game, whether you're scrimmaging against each other, it's all over the map. And, and we're actually in better shape than a lot of people are. I mean, there's teams in our league that probably still can't work out with more than 10 guys at a time or something based on local rules. I don't know that to be true because we really haven't discussed a lot of what's going on around the league since we got back to school. But um, if, I, if, if it was my recommendation, number one would be go play. You know, call up your neighbor and see if they want to have a game. Number two, which they're letting you do anyway. That's really not on the football oversight committee. That'd be the Big Sky Conference, in my opinion, at this point. Um, number two would be, yes, let us have some kind of practice that equals the that kind of equalizes things out with some of the other teams that are actually getting to do that right now. And the last one for me, I don't know what it's like over there, but as we continue in the post-apocalyptic dystopia that is 2020, we got smoke settling in in the worst way here. How do you manage that, if at all, when you're doing the cardio stuff that you do and, and managing the team? Is that something that kind of enters into to the way you go about it or not really? Yeah, yeah, obviously we've got to be concerned for these kids, you know, their, their cardiovascular health. And um, we have some air quality stuff that we measure and, and usually we rely on our training staff to give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Now, the benefit that we have is that the Gallatin Valley, the pristine Gallatin Valley is wider, more open than that box canyon up there in Missoula. And so we, uh, we usually get a little bit better air quality than y'all do. You know, he stopped himself too. He said the Gallatin... <clears throat> pristine Gallatin Valley, Paradise Valley, and then got into it, not the boxed-in <laughs> canyon. Uh, it just never gets old, man. It just makes me so happy. Going back to his first comment, though, and what he said, he, he was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I think half serious. I'd love him to recommend that we just start playing. Like if, 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 if you've stopped it, but it's possible to reopen it. And this is what I've been saying from the start. You're like, well, th- you know, what about this rule? What about this rule? Well, well, this, you know, you can't do this. It's not part of the thing. But to me, all bets are off. There is no, all the governing bodies are the ones making all the decisions. So if you need to change the rules in order to account for a, a very unique situation, then you can just do that. And even though it has been, the big sky has been canceled, cool, you know, whatever, it can be uncanceled. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's an absolute you know, I think it's a long shot, but you know what? Until about two days ago, it never even entered my mind as an actual possibility. And right now I would put it at slightly above 0%, call it a half a percent chance that it could happen. Do you want to know why North Dakota State is peerless at the FCS level? Because they're practicing 20 hours a week. Because they do not care. They don't even consider what their peers are doing. They run their program, North Dakota State runs their football program So does Nebraska. under the premise of what's the best thing for us? How do we continue to become more elite than we already are? So the number one thing that disappoints me about the Montana schools was that when the Big Sky made the decision, they, they shut the door rather than leaving the door open. I understand why there's not being college football played in Missoula and Bozeman. I understand that. I understand why you're not bringing a team from Long Island, New York to Bozeman for your opener. I understand that. But the fact that when the Big Sky postponed the season until the spring and both Montana and Montana State made the athletic department announcement that there would be no non-conference games played, I thought that was short-sighted. Leave the door open. See if you can play a game in mid-October because if you just get one game on the schedule you can run a season in season like practice schedule with the which these guys are going to be practicing like that in any other year for this amount of time so it's not taking away from their school it's not taking away from their health any more than it already would and you could keep up with the Joneses instead of now you're not and again I get the dynamics especially of the Big Sky Conference as Jeff Choate said there's a lot of schools in the Big Sky that aren't even as well off as Montana Montana State right right now but in this year you don't care about them. North Dakota State was not worrying about what Western Illinois was going to do when they made the decision to play Central Arkansas on October 3rd. I think that you just had to leave the door open to provide yourself with the opportunity because you do, there's, there is no way to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, Jeff Trotten will we'll actually, I think, hear this sound in the next hour, but it is worth noting, you know, in, in a different portion of what he said today, said – you know, at the time that the decision was made, I think it was the right decision to make. You know, at the time, you're trying to figure out a way forward. You're trying to figure out how, you know, the, the kids can't just keep, be strung along and strung along and strung along sure. in this ambiguity. Yeah. And so a decision ultimately was made. And 
And that's good, and but that it also was, provided autonomy for the school, so the school should have embraced that autonomy rather than following suit. Well, but I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. I mean, the decision was, it was a conference-wide decision, but it was one that was bought into, and then then it was made. But now, is there an opportunity for reconsideration or 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 taken a, a little bit longer view for of sure. this? And it's not as if Montana and Montana State Athletics signed in blood that they're not going to play this fall. They could reverse their decision. Anyone can. The Big sure. Ten is about to do it. So you totally can, and I hope that is considered. Because when I really think about this, I really think about what I just said about North Dakota State not worrying about what everybody else is doing. It really harkens back to the days when George Dennison was the president of the University of Montana. And Montana made a lot of enemies around the Big Sky Conference, friendly enemies. But because Montana was not trying to drag everybody else along with them, they're saying, we're the flagship. We're doing whatever we want because we are the ones guiding the ship. We're the ones winning all the championships. Mm -hmm. And since that attitude went away, and I'm not necessarily saying that this aggressive irreverent attitude is necessarily the best way to operate, but in certain elements of competition it is. And I think that the fact that Montana and Montana State for a while now, by choice or by circumstance, has let the rest of the Big Sky Conference drag them down. And everyone in the Big Sky Conference benefits exponentially from being in the same league as the Cats and the Grizz. The Cats and the Grizz benefit pretty pretty not very I mean a very small amount from being in the same league as Southern Utah. Um one thing that is also, I think, salient to this conversation, Ed Ogeron came out today and yep. in sort of a very odd... LSU head coach, for those that don't yeah, know. Ambiguous statement, but 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 said, yeah, over half of my team has gotten COVID-19. And he, he it was very unclear like what he was referencing, if this was a thing like, hey, in total, over the course of the last six months, over half of my players have tested positive it didn't seem like it was like right now at this very moment, a week before the SEC is supposed to start playing football, that he makes a comment like that. They they asked him some follow-ups, and it was sort of unclear, and he made it, he, he continued to leave it sort of un, you know open-ended, I guess I would say. I understand, man, that like, you know, it's a it's a really gnarly sickness and there's a whole bunch of people that are in much worse categories demographically whether it's age and so on and so forth pre-existing conditions that make this thing lethally dangerous and it is and 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 it can it has to be taken very very seriously i also understand that your run of the mill 22 year old period and especially athlete is it's not a huge risk like it is to somebody else I don't know how to manage it. I'm not saying that there's a right way to do it, but what I am saying is that this is this is the reality of what we're doing is that like 60, 65 kids have it and they're going to go do whatever that they're going to do and there's no you, you you know, it's not being contained. You know, it's not being contained. And I think we're we've we're we're very close to a threshold where I think the the, the country is going, eh, well, you know, I don't know. Guess we're just going to do it. And, and I, you know, I question that. I have nothing that I can say on the radio right now. So let's just go have some fun with high school football. Take a break on the other side. High school football. Five stars from Colton Nuanas, the Treasure State stars, who was outstanding over the course of this weekend. We'll blitz through some of the outstanding performances of the weekend. Stu Tell Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Stars from around the state of Montana, and five minutes from tip-off of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel on Twitter, if you're looking for me, at 102.9 ESPN, and Ask Allen Sports MT as well. All right, Coulter, each week... 
We want to do five Treasure State stars from around the uh, high school world. We're not going to sit here and break stuff down too much. Not going to sit here and, and, you know, dig too much into it. But just a quick review to, like, introduce the, the, the public to, to, to the kids that they wouldn't know. This is like old school here when you just couldn't get everything immediately all the time and you had to go to a library and open a book and read something remarkable when that well, the, the effort we used to do to learn. Anyway, uh, we have, uh, you know, you can't go see every game, know about all the kids that are going on. Coulter has codified this information and is here to pass it to you. Make sure to ask me about Cooper Cup. Uh, before the show is over. Okay, I will. I will okay, try. Well, I will try and hold that in my last surviving brain cell. Yes, bro, you have so many more brain cells. But than I mean, most people they're on just Earth. full of nothing, though. That's you not know? true. That's you read thing. Winston Churchill books. You study World War II. <laughs> you talk about spirituality with your friends. You're 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 lapping seventy five percent of oh, Americans God at this exact you. moment. I, this, that's a referendum on them, not yeah, you. That's good. Uh, these five young men actually all have something in common. All right. I believe that all five of these young men are the best athletes on their high school football team. Mm. And I believe that four out of the five of them, the four that are seniors, will play a different position than they're playing now. They have played different positions in high school. They're all now playing quarterback. And I think they'll all play different positions at the college level as well. The one exception being Pat Duchesne from Florence. I think he's a quarterback. And I think he's going to be a quarterback because he's a dang good quarterback as only a sophomore. We'll get to Duchesne in a minute. But number one on our Treasure State Stars list for the second week of September, Junior Bergen. I think he's one of the last remaining top prospects in the state of Montana that is not committed yet. Bergen is a standout. In all the jumps at Billings Senior, he was a first-team All-State wide receiver. Uh, I think objectively the best wide receiver in the state of Montana a year ago. Mm-hmm. Well, he's playing quarterback now at Billings Senior, and he made an announcement last Thursday. I thought the clear-cut number one and number two teams coming into this season were Missoula Sentinel and Bozeman High, the defending state champs. Granted, Kenneth Iden, the fourth, who's going to Montana State, did not play in the opener against Billings Senior for Bozeman High, but... Junior Berger did his thing all day. He played basically wildcat quarterback and traditional quarterback as well. He accounted for four total touchdowns, and it was never really close. Senior raced out to a 17-point lead and then cruised to what ended up being a three, almost a three-score victory. So building Senior, a big announcement, and Junior Bergen leading the way. I'm going to pause the Treasure State Stars for two things. I'm sure. going to make a statement and then ask you a question. Okay. The statement is... We always when we talk about football, we talk about the consummate team game and and how you know you're do your one eleventh and all these things that you want to talk about. But at the high school level, yeah, having a big time player like a kid that's going to go play Division one in the state of Montana is akin to a basketball star. It is that level of of difference on the field. You don't see it at even the college level. Certainly not at the professional level. You can have the bet. You can have Aaron Donald and lose football games, man. What Kenneth Iden, for instance, is to the Bozeman Hawks is so is such a higher percentage of success yes. than you generally think about when you think about one player, regardless of who the player is for a football team. Sure. So it it is worth noting that Bozeman being down Kenneth Iden, it it's actually a much bigger deal than usually we give the you know football credit for. Okay, well, especially because in uh, Montana, if you look at a kid like Kenneth Iden, I mean. You're not just losing your D end. You're losing your D end. You're losing your tight end. Your, your D tackle on third downs. You're losing your tight end on first downs. Your H back on second downs. Right. Your potential, you know, third down That's pass right. catching type of running back. I think he's the personal protector on punts. I mean, in Montana, you just never come so, off the field. So you're losing. You're losing at least two way positions, but even more than that, a lot of times. Absolutely. So it, it it's. It's a it's significant. It it changes the complexion entirely of of the of any given game and and of of the team. So what's the question? So the question though is is going back to Junior Bergen. Okay. Junior Bergen played wide receiver last year. Was great. Was the best wide receiver in in high school football yep. a year ago. Yep. We have uh this built in sort of belief across the state of Montana that there's certain positions that are really hard to come by. Cornerback, sure. wide receiver yep. being two of those. Yep. Not a wide receiver nearly as much now, though. We've seen more. And, uh, you know, the Roberts boys, uh, here's, here's the thing. Almost everybody in Montana is running the spread. And also, I don't. I think this might just be a coincidence, but so often some of your high, most high – I'm just thinking of guys off the top of my head at both Montana and Montana State. Mitch Roberts comes to, to – 
mind, and so does Gabe Solser. And at Montana State, Mark Estes, Peyton Hanser, Logan Kleinhans, all, all those guys I just named, those are in-state Montana wide receivers. They're all some of the smartest kids on the team, too, though. Yeah. So these guys are bringing to your program as maybe a partial scholarship type guy coming out of high school. Obviously not Gabe Solser, but the other guys. This unbelievable football acumen, but also they're boosting your team GPA. They're helping your APR. <laughs> I mean, they are, though, and then they're right. not going to go anywhere because these guys, you know, Gabe Solser's majoring in pre-med. Yeah. Like, what a good guy to have in your program no matter what his production is on the field. And I guess Gabe Solser's kind of a good example of what I'm trying to get at. Gabe Solser is... Is has the potential to be an elite big sky level wide receiver, but he's not a traditional wide receiver. He's sure. he's blazing fast. He's very small, and he's you know a good. He's, he's really he's good a traditional at what he does. Montana wide yeah, receiver, ex- and that's my point. So this is what I want to get to. Okay, is there? Do you think, from a recruiting standpoint, though, a predisposition against certain guys, regardless of how good they are, because of the position they play? I guess what I'm asking is, can a linebacker like the bar is sort of understood of what it is to be a linebacker from the state of Montana and be yeah. successful at the Division One level. Yep. Do you have to be better than that as a corner, as a safety before they? Well, yeah, you know, you look good here, but we don't really get cornerbacks from the state of Montana, so you actually have to even go to another level to be seen. And I'm also just thinking out loud, like Junior Berger doing what he's doing is because he's he's probably the best player on his team, right? And so the more you can use him, the better. But also, if you can shift them straight from just straight wide receiver to something else, it heightens the profile to some extent. Now you start to see him in a little bit of a different role. And like you said, he's, you know, an out... When I say outstanding, well, he is outstanding, but he is still an an available, an outstanding recruit that, you know, you go, okay, well, is it just because he was a wide receiver and they're getting wide receivers from other places? Yeah, that's so interesting because, like we just touched on, the evolution of the wide receiver position in the state of Montana has actually accelerated quite a bit because so many teams are running the spread and guys yeah. are just a little bit more polished now. And college offenses, I think that varying levels of size and speed has become in vogue because if you can put guys that are different sizes and different speeds on the field at the same time, like a guy like Peyton Hanser who plays for Montana State, he, he's not fast, but that doesn't matter. Montana State's had many receivers in the recent years. I mean, Tanner Bluskin wasn't really that fast. He has more catches than any Bobcat in history. Mitch Herbert's not really that fast, but he's got great special awareness. He's got hops. You put him with a fast guy next to him, you put Mitch Herbert next to Sean Johnson, or you know, I'm trying to think of a Grizz example off the top of my head. I mean, a guy like John Talmadge wasn't very fast. You put Levander Seegers in the slot, it doesn't matter. Because Levander Seegers is the fastest guy on the field. That's the defense where the defense is going to go, and Talmadge has a mismatch. So it, it's, it is an interesting dynamic. But on the Junior Bergen um, note, there's a lot of talk that even though he's this outstanding wide receiver, that he's going to play defense. Right. But I, your question is a good one because I actually think that the, the two positions where there is this sort of prejudice is the wrong word, but this preconceived notion that guys at this level just straight up cannot do it are corner. The last guy who was a corner in high school who played corner at one of the two big sky programs in Montana that I can remember was Chris Paul Hemus. He's from Missoula Sentinel. He's like your age, maybe a couple years younger than you. That's a lot. I mean, it's 20 years since a guy has even I mean, gotten it, a chance. It is, it is ancient. But I mean, saying 20 years since a guy from Montana no, got a no, shot at I'm, corner? I'm playing. I mean, yes. right now, Trevin Gradney, I mean, that's why Trevin Gradney signed from Billings West with Montana. That's why it's such a big deal because he's a Montana kid who played corner in high school who's going to play corner in college. He's playing corner right now. So that's that's an impactful thing. I think that's the hardest position. Yeah. The second hardest, though, ironically, is quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Because you sit there and <laughs> if you go through Montana, Montana State's roster, I bet you Bobby Houck has 25 former quarterbacks on his roster. I know Jeff Choate has like 30-something because part of that's still just because like Troy Anderson's never been a quarterback, but he played quarterbacks from Dillon because why yeah. wouldn't you put Troy Anderson at quarterback yeah. when you're in Dillon? And that's the thing I think that sometimes I th- I talk to my brother about this all the time. In high school football, sometimes if you try to make it too complicated, just don't make it too complicated. If you have an athlete like some of these guys – just give them the ball. But also, this is true too, right? It's it's following what is happening on the field. For the longest time, the whole state of Montana was big guys run the football. It's cold weather. You sure. throw the ball eight times a game. When you are a big sky conference quarterback, you have to be able to sling it. And sure. nobody's getting the reps of that in order to be successful. That is starting to shift. That is starting to shift. There's a lot more wide open offense in 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 at the high school level in the state of Montana. Well, right. Which I think over time will pay dividends. I mean, you, you, you'll you'll see more quarterbacks right. who who are who are 
good quarter like can sit back there and play the position at the division one level coming from the state well you eliminate so much of the position by not having to take a snap under center and not having to take a drop right. i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm saying it actually simplifies the entire thing but that's what a lot of these schools have reverted to back to the treasure state stars yes Speaking go. Of missoula big sky culture janicaro is a running back He's built like a running back. He played running back as a sophomore and a junior, as a standout at Missoula Big Sky. Now they're playing him as a Wildcat quarterback, because why not? Let him make the decision. Because his get, brother's out. You get <laughs> you get a, Levi Janikaro now playing for the Grizzlies. You get another playmaker on the field, mm-hmm. so you put another athlete next to him. He can run the zone read. Maybe that guy gets loose, takes a little bruising off of Janikaro. What was his day? Janikaro did it all. 270 yards rushing, 347 total yards, five total touchdowns against the Hellgate Knights, Missoula Big Sky. Opens up 1-0 with a crosstown victory. Another kid who I think is getting hype as a college quarterback, but who I actually project as a an athlete coming into college, I think he could play defense if he, if he I mean, I think he has his body to play defense, yeah. and that's Camden Sermon at Missoula Sentinel. He transfers in, he beats out Dayton Bay, um, we actually talked to some folks that knew the Missoula Sentinel program that were saying that they didn't think that there was going to be much split time. But against Kalispell Flathead last Friday, there was some split Dayton time. Dayton Bay, Bay threw a touchdown in that game. He, he did yep. throw a touchdown. Cameron Serban, though, for Missoula Sentinel, he threw two more touchdowns, and he ran for two more. So four total touchdowns. Missoula Sentinel hangs 59 on Kalispell 31 Flathead. in the second quarter, 31 bro. in the second <laughs> quarter. I mean, they got athletes everywhere, man. You're talking about you got a three-star you got a two-star kid in T.J. Roush at wide receiver. You got a three-star kid, Jace Kluswich, in the backfield. Two-star quarterback in Cameron Sermon. You got the biggest recruit in the state of Montana on your offensive line, and that's not to mention all the guys they got on defense, too. Yeah. So Sentinel's stacked. Cameron Sermon, he's a great athlete, as well as a great addition for Missoula Sentinel. Pat Shane, we've talked about him already this week, but I was really, really impressed with him. He's a six foot three, 190-pound sophomore at Florence. He moves well. He can throw on the run both ways. He's got a great grasp of the offense. They run the hurry up. He's calling plays of the line of scrimmage. He had a couple really, really sophisticated plays against Anaconda. There was one play where he ran play action and then a fake wide receiver screen. He pump fakes to the flat, looks off to the safety, and then, boom, shifts his hips and hits the tight end on a seam. That's stuff that guys in call. I mean, like Carson Ross is going to have to learn how to do that at Montana. And this kid's already doing it as a sophomore at Florence. I was very, very impressed. He's a a rising prospect. I think he's going to be really good. Then the last guy, Montana State commit, Jace Fitzgerald. Another guy who I think is going to be maybe a running back, a receiver, an outside linebacker. He could play a ton of stuff at Montana State. I don't think it'll be quarterback. But, Dylan, they do it better than anybody. They do. Put their best guy at quarterback. You know why? They got the burrito truck in Dillon, man. That's the, all you need. You want to be successful? Get those trucks going. That's all you need. Jace Fitzgerald, though, five touchdowns in a 41 nothing win for Dillon and uh, the Beavers. They continue to roll their 3-0. I had them at number three in our Class A poll this year. Dillon, more than things change, more stay the same. Dillon's always tough, and Jace Fitzgerald leading the way. Thank you, Coulter. Uh, boys and girls, two locations in the state of Montana have everything you need to be outdoors any time of year. That's Chris Polaris. They're at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. It is still very nice as we get through a little smoke, I know, but it's still perfect outside going into early fall. It is glorious. It's a great time to be outside. Maybe you need to go scout hunting camp, whatever you got to do. Get to Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes. You can cruise around. Industry standard in dirt biking. They also have the top of the line Top of the industry, Polaris side-by-sides. Razors, Rangers, Generals, you can take a bunch of people. You can do fast performance stuff, race it, and you can get a bunch of work done as well. Whatever you need, whatever whatever your desires are, they have a model that's going to work for you. You can still, of course, get a Crest pontoon boat. Maybe this is the time of year. You get one, break it in, and then you're up and ready to go first thing uh, next time around in the spring. Crest pontoon boats available at Kurtz Polaris. 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83. Summer, fall, any time of year, the way you envision with Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. 
Two-Tone Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How D, good to be with you. Early Eastern Conference Finals, game number one. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, both have five points. Gordon Drogic. 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 <laughs> we just went over Drogic. it. He's the only player to score for the Miami Heat. Drogic is one three-pointer. It is 12-3. Boston right off the, the get timeout taken by the Miami Heat as they try and uh, work their way back into this thing. Coulter, we just got a couple minutes for the top of the hour. I just wanted to just send a little love, a little commiseration, and a bit of a laugh Stephen Gostkowski's way. Because last night, my man, who has, who, I mean, he's like borderline Hall of Fame kicking level. I mean, it takes a lot to get in as a kicker. I get that. But he, he's one of the best kickers in the last 20 years, right? I mean, if, if you look at it, Vinatieri obviously is Vinatieri's first ballot, right? Vinatieri first ballot? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's such an arbitrary thing because it's so hard to talk about who is a Hall of Famer in football because there's so few guys in the football Hall That's of right. Fame. That's right. 350. I mean, Yaw Center is the only kicker in the NFL That's, Football Hall of Fame, I believe. And Vinatieri is going to join him. He will. But uh, Maybe. It's going to take oh, a while. Oh, no, 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 no. It's going to take a while, though. I, I, bet you he's, no maybe. I bet you he's not a first ballot, though. But that's what I'm saying. He may not be a first ballot, even though he would be at any other position. Like, I, I was say, saying that Greg Olson has a borderline Hall of Fame tight end resume yesterday, yeah. and then I did some... I was just looking around last mm-hmm. night. It's not even close. Vinatieri's a top 100 player. I mean, he was a member of the of the top sure. 100 team. He's still a kicker. Well, I understand. I mean, no, there's all, no question all, he's going all, to the Hall all of Fame. All I'm saying is, like, when I made that statement about the tight ends, Greg Olson's one of the best best tight ends of his generation. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything because guess what? Only the best tight end of their generation is in the Hall of Fame. There's only eight tight ends in the entire NFL yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's about to be some more. Like, I mean, but that 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 brings in the question. Like, Tony Gonzalez is a Hall of Famer. Is Jason Witten? He's got amazing numbers, but Jason Witten was at no point the best tight end in football. Yeah, I. Let's come back to that. We will. Okay. Top of the hour. All I'm saying NFL is, is it's Vinatieri, it's Justin Tucker, and it's and it's Steven Goskowski over the past, you know, 10 to 12 years. Okay? Yep. Steven Goskowski had six full seasons where he missed three or less field goals in a year. In the entire year. He walks out there last night, and you can see it, can't you? You can see, like, when he misses the first one, he just fades it a little bit right, and he comes back, and there's a block, and it's just a slight block and whether that's on him or whether that's on the block, you know, I, I don't know, but all of a sudden, like you can see and when he's on the sideline pacing around, you go, there's no chance he's making another kick. There's no chance. And he walks out there and he pulls it left. And then he got a, an extra point and he misses the extra point. And the game is now that, you know, they're still down by one Tennessee. I mean, this should have been, even though it was a close game. I really enjoyed the game last night between Denver and Tennessee. Uh, it was a, it was, it was just, it was a train wreck, right? I mean, you just couldn't look away from the tragic comedy that was Steven Goskowski. And then the 25 yarder shortest kick you can even have anymore in a football game. To win the thing with 17 seconds, so you go, no, he can't miss this. Can he? And he didn't. He made the thing. And so... He honestly saved his job. It's all, it all's well that ends well, I guess. Here's what I think, though. He He's still going to be the kicker week two in Tennessee. Yes. Th- th- whatever rope there was, there is nothing. Like, uh, Vrabel has his hand on the collar. There is no rope anymore you know what i mean and it was tough to watch it was unbelievable to watch and i'll also say this i understand the people's sensitivity i got young kids at home okay all right you know it's it's what it is but with no fans and no piped in sound to watch to watch goskowski shake the extra point and just scream exactly what you would expect him to scream in the moment yeah it's just too good, and it is, and I realize that I'm just such a narcissist, it's always about me, but I know what this is. I'm on the 13th tee, I have missed the fairway 12 times in a row, and I get up there and I go, I can't possibly miss another one, and shake into the weeds. This is the feeling that we have all experienced in one way or another, and Gostkowski's doing it there in our living rooms for our entertainment. And then 
is screaming expletives, cannot comprehend what is happening. And I just go, my man, I feel you. I feel you on this. Kaskowski was so despondent oh. and I think knew that the end was near. Yes. That he took his shoes off after the third missed kick. He took his shoes off and threw them on the ground because I think he thought, here, here, here's the, here's there's the, no way they're rolling me out here, there again. Here's such an interesting dynamic. As we know, Mike Vrabel might be the biggest loose cannon of any coach in the NFL. I mean, he, Mike Vrabel is, uh, in terms of being able to walk the walk, is the number one walk the walk of any of the other Poindexter head coaches in the NFL. Mike Vrabel just retired from the NFL like eight years ago. He was an all-pro player. But the thing worth remembering is that Mike Vrabel played alongside Steven Goskowski yes, for six seasons in New England. Yep. And you have to believe that's one of the reasons why they brought him in. Of course. But if there was ever a coach that w- would explode on you after a game because you didn't do your job, it would be Mike Vrabel on Steven Goskowski because they also have the peer relationship of ha- having been former teammates for years. <laughs> Goskowski, I think, just took his shoes off because he's like, I think that Vrabel's going to kill me in the locker room. You know, it's an interesting dynamic, too, Generally speaking, in a, really in any equation, but particularly with kickers, I'm always under the impression that the coach adding to the pressure and the admonishment of his kicker is so counterproductive, it's unbelievable. Sure thing. And so I am one who's going, what you need to do is go out there and joke with him and, you know, I don't hug think him Mike up jokes. But here's what I'm No, first of all, yes, he does. Did you watch the draft and the two lunatics he had in his house? Like, what was going on there for him? He's, Mike Ravel's crazy. He's man. crazy. He's, he is absolutely <laughs> crazy. Okay? But the other thing is, I think there is an occasion where not just the, hey, you got to be better, but the full, like, scorched earth meltdown to, like, pop somebody out of their mental place sure. is also justified. But I don't it know if either... Well, I'm not sure you can say that. I think it it often doesn't. I think occasionally it can. I think neither case works for Goskowski. He's like a 15-year veteran. He knows what he's doing, and now he stinks, and he doesn't know what to do with well, himself. He, Nothing you're going to say is changing anything about what, what's going to happen with him. Well, he said the yips last night. You could tell he just... The yips! He lined up number one yes. bad, and then he overcompensated, missed it on the other side on the second one, and then you could tell he's just in his head. He doesn't miss extra points. You know, No NFL kicker misses extra points. Regardless, it was a big win for the Titans, to be sure. It was, because they, they... they Denver messed it up. They needed... Yeah. Fangio needed to take to, a timeout when he didn't. I understand why he didn't. He's getting crushed for this. He even said that is 100% on me. He should have. And in retrospect, obviously, he should have taken a timeout earlier to save, you know, to, to save time on the other side of it. He didn't... They didn't get an opportunity to go out there and make a play. That said, did you watch... Did you watch this game, Coulter? Absolutely. I actually uh, won about $400 on this game. Okay, tell me. Uh, congratulations. That's all that really matters in uh, my life now. I, I, I look hope forward. you're ready for my graceful exit because I am going pro. I'm ready for dinner, okay? Here's the. Well, I, that's right. I needed to pay off my bet because uh, uh, I'm just going to send the right. bill to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Here's the, this is just what I want to know. After watching last night, yeah. are you more optimistic, less, or the same about the Denver offense? Less. Get out of here. What did they do last night that was impressive? Dude, Jerry Judy is He a, dropped three he, balls. He dropped some balls. Yes, he did. He's a rookie playing in his mean, first game. You he you is, think you think the element of facial expressions and body language is not a real element of analyzing players in sports? Drew Locke is scared point blank period. He needs oh, to not be scared. Period. Stop. Stop. He's scared. Stop. You are completely wrong on this. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I you are certainly wrong Over on under this. Over 6 wins for the Denver Broncos. Six probably about right. I'm not saying they're going to be great. They're I'm not. just saying, I just said that. What I'm saying is that the offense is going to be great. Noah Font is Noah, absolutely lights out. I, I, told Noah you, I, t- I told you wrong. Noah Fant. Noah Fant. Love Fanta. Love Noah he Fant. He is lights out. Lights out. They Guess did not coach have is. Philip Lindsay because he hurt coach his foot. Is. Who cares? Me. He's saving his. What is he doing? Saving those three timeouts for when he gets fired? Stop. Stop with that. And Jerry Judy is an absolute lightning bolt. Yeah, he caught, he dropped three balls in his first ever professional game. I understand that. He was what pro, scared. What pro drops three balls in one game? Period. 
I'm just saying, you man. Are, you are you are so wrong on this, and now you're just digging your heels in. He I'm is going to be he is going to be an all pro wide receiver. I bet Jerry you anything Judy, that he won't. All pro market. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 